Um, and we are in the midst of this, uh, this sermon series called Never Alone. Never Alone. Uh, you know, this, this, this time of year is always a challenging time of year for many, but it's typically quiet and it's behind the scenes and it's an undercurrent. Um, and yet this year it seems to be out in the open. Uh, many of us are experiencing a Christmas different than we thought we would be experiencing. And so we figured, uh, why not talk about it? And um, this morning, we're going to jump into Matthew's gospel. We're going to look at chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. But before we do that, let me pray for us. Will you pray with me? God, we just pray the, the words that we just sung. Lord, would you speak to us? God, speak to us that our our hearts would be filled this morning. Speak to us that our attitudes would change, our our behaviors might shift. God, as we look back over uh, uh, the last week, Lord, we can all find areas where uh, we have gone astray, and yet we're gathered here to hear from you. Lord, so we pray, would you recalibrate our compass now? God, we thank you that we can open up these words and know that they are true and timeless. So God, our our ears are open and ready to hear from you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen, amen. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2. And if not, we've got it up on the screens as well. We're going to read verses 1 through 12 uh, together. Hear now God's word. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for this child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God endures forever. So I want to ask you to do something a bit dangerous with me today as we begin. Um, And I I want us to take a minute and reflect back on the year that has been 2020. And I say the word dangerous because I'm, I'm sure for many of us we would rather not rehash all of the things that we've experienced over the last year, but just humor me for a minute. 
This week, Google released their most Googled search terms of the last 12 months, and as you look through the list, it is immediately apparent that we've been living in Twilight Zone. Listen to how odd this become. This was 2020. Um, murder hornets. Anybody ever heard of murder hornets before 2020? Or here's one, um, toilet paper. Like, think about that. That was one of the top searches of this last year. Zoom. Zoom. Nobody knew what, what Zoom was before now. Forest fires. Earthquakes. George Floyd. Election results. Kim Jong-un. It's been a year. And it might come as no surprise to you as well that one of the top questions of 2020 that all of us asked at some point or another was why. We asked Google, why are people panic buying? Why have I lost my taste and smell? Why is there rioting? It wasn't all drama. Some of us just asked why we haven't received our stimulus checks. But it seems to me that in every sense of the word, 2020 has been the year of searching. When I think about this year, I think about that famous question from Pontius Pilate when he asked, what is truth? It's hard to get our our hands around something that concrete these days, isn't it? You know, experts no longer find consensus in the room. Politics are more fragmented now than ever. Scientists cannot find an agreement on science anymore. Facts and figures are too overwhelming for us to process. And so we've all resorted to asking Google our life's deepest questions like, why? And it seems to me that this year has brought about a change that has accelerated at a pace we don't even fully understand quite yet. You know, the consequences of 2020 go so much deeper than a pandemic. We will be studying the effects of this year for generations to come. You can call it a renaissance. You can call it a cultural revolution. But from 2020 forward, we all know things aren't going to look quite the same. And the question I thought we'd explore together this morning is, how does the church fit into that equation? In many respects, as Christ followers, we're called to lead through times like this. Right? And yet we too are searching. In fact, just this last year, the YouVersion Bible app, anybody use that on their phones? Look at this. Just this last year, the YouVersion Bible app reported an increase of 80% in usage, usage and searches over the last year. That equates to 600 million more search queries in God's Word. If you've been wondering what God's been up to, there's a start. The top Bible verse of 2020 was Isaiah 41.10, Do not fear, for I am with you. So here's what I thought we'd do today. I want us to look at this story of the wise men in their search for Christ, right? We've all heard it thousands, if not millions of times before. But I want us to look at how God's word might bring us something new in light of the year that we've faced together. And here's how I want to break this down. I thought we'd talk about three specific ways to seek the Lord in times of rapid change. And the first one is this. In seeking Christ, choose your guide carefully. You know, of all the pieces of the Christmas story, the wise men is the story of searching, right? 
Matthew 2, verse 2, we, we hear the only words of the Magi in the entire Bible, and this is what they ask. They say, where is the one who was born king of the Jews? We're asking because we saw his star and we've come to worship him. And aside from that one little phrase, we know hardly anything about these men. We know they came from the east, likely Persia or somewhere in Iran. We know they were astrologers or magicians. That's because the word magi comes from the Greek word magos, which refers to philosophers or stargazers. And we know that they bring three gifts to the king. We don't know how many there were. But after that, this search crew is somewhat of a mystery. And the first verse of this chapter tells us that this search took place in the days of King Herod. Now that should cause us to sit up and take notice. We may not know much about the wise men, but all of history knows the name Herod. Aside from Caesar, Herod was one of the most feared names in Rome. This was King Herod the Great. Herod was one of the most famous for rebuilding and building structures such as the Second Temple, but his feats went far beyond that. He was one of the most powerful kings in all of Roman antiquity. And with any powerful leader, Herod had a shadow side. In fact, he was certifiably crazy and corrupt. You might remember, he murdered all three of his sons. The church father, Christostom, he once said it was safer to be the king's pig than it was to be one of his children. And King Herod catches wind of this inquisition from these outsiders, and he's more than troubled. Look at this in verse 7. So Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, telling them, Go and search diligently. When you find this Christ child, let me know so I can worship him too. And it's clear from the very first sentence, something is way off here. Right? This should put a pit in our stomach. Because anytime a diplomat begins having secret meetings behind the scenes with strangers, we should know something shady is going on. You don't have to read any further. You know, even if it's the first time you've heard the story, Herod's up to something and it's no good. Let me restate my first point. In seeking Christ, choose your guide carefully. You know, we live in a time of rampant agendas. We, we live in a day and age of skepticism, of leadership, just in general. Years ago, conspiracy theories used to be this fringe hobby for those outside of the mainstream of society. But today, all the cool kids are doing it. Never before has there been more doubt about who it is that lead us or what takes place behind the scenes. And unlike the days of Herod, no one follows a king anymore, right? Our sources of influence are far more fragmented and scattered. The structures of power and influence have changed all around us. A sociologist named Max Weber, he talks about three historical uh, ways that we see people lead us with authority and influence and power. The first is traditional. That's the power that we talk about this morning, right? It's the authority of a king or queen where the king's power rests in the tradition of succession. Now, of course, on this side of the ocean, we reject this kind of power. The second one you'll be far more familiar with, um, America's really built on it. This is institutional authority. And in this camp, power is rooted in things like courts or government or corporations. The higher the floor, the bigger the office. The bigger the office, the more influence and power. 
In this system, the letters that go after our name, they, they matter. Credentials carry weight. Whatever the institution, if it grants you the authority, historically you were held in high esteem. But there is now a third power structure emerging. This category changes the game. It's the authority of charisma. And I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit in this case. I'm speaking about those who have the ability for whatever reason to draw in the masses just by their presence alone. In 2020, everyone's an expert. In 2020, everyone's done the research. Everyone has the answer. Everyone's a coach. In 2020, your authority is not just tied to your education or your character. No, it's tied to your popularity. No one looks up what medical school their doctor went to or what boards they sit on anymore. No, we just want to know, do they have five stars by their name? Scholars talk about how we used to get our news from one or two TV stations in town. That was the only option in reaching the masses it was a world of institutional authority. Now there's millions of podcasts and blogs and social media platforms worldwide at our disposal. All you need is the internet and a microphone, and you can be an expert too. Which should make us at least stop and question in our searching, how do we know who to follow? Is it the one with the traditional power? We trust them because we trusted their father or their mother? Is it the one with the degree? We trust them because, well, the institutional said so, that they certified them as an expert in their field. Or is it the one who everyone else is following so as we might as well jump on too? See, but even back in Jesus' time, the question regarding who we follow was just as problematic as it is today. King Herod was a wolf in sheep's clothing, right? Um, he was the villain of Matthew's gospel. No one took the kingship but him. And when he found out there was a threat looming with this newborn royalty, our scripture tells us all of Jerusalem shuddered to think of what he might do. And here comes these unassuming wise men about to become the bait on Herod's trap. Reminds me of that warning that Jesus gave us back in Matthew 7.15. He says, Beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You'll recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs or thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. You know, I believe we come to a place at a church where we have to be more discerning than ever before because here's the hard truth. None of those three categories of authority will automatically lead us to Jesus Christ. And here's why. There's a little bit of King Herod in all of us. And trying times don't create character. 2020 has revealed it. You know, that same sin that infiltrated Herod's life is still rampant in the world today. So how do you know whose word to follow? One of my favorite professors from my time in grad school is a guy by the name of Mark Sayers. I've referred to him before. He, he leads a church called Red over in Melbourne, Australia. And he's made this bold premise that the influence we should be seeking as followers of Christ from here forward is not necessarily traditional or institutional or even charismatic. But he lays out a fourth category, and he says, as Christians, we should be looking for something that goes far beyond any of those three. 
He names it spiritual authority. Think about this. Who is it in your life that you know has a deep relationship with Christ? Who is it that breathes God's word in your family? Who is it that prays for you? Whose relationship and lifestyle reflects a godlike obedience to you? That's your guide. You know, I would argue that what God is doing in 2020 is he's causing us to finally make a decision about what king we really want to follow. And if those who we follow are not for Jesus, then like King Herod, they're in it for something or someone else. Follower, beware. Whoever it is in your life that you look up to or, or whatever podcast you listen to or blog that you read or online uh, interests or books or even in person, the question we should all be asking is the exact same as the wise men. Where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? That's the one we're interested in. That's the pursuit we're after. 1 Corinthians 11, 1 says it like this. The apostle Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Be imitators of me as I am of him. Now in seeking Christ, choose your guide carefully. And here's how we do that. Um, here's what that looks like. Look at this second point. In seeking Christ, your guardrail is then God's word. I want us to notice something significant about this lesson. It's kind of under, it's this undercurrent that you might not notice, but it's telling. The wise men gathered up everything they knew, right, to go after this star. Every tool of astrology and divination, all the books they could glean. But after some 900 miles, assuming that they started somewhere in Iran, they still hadn't found Jesus. The star only brought them to Jerusalem. And when they arrive, there's no Christ child to be found. Think about this with me. What was it that led them to Christ? It was God's word. Look at this in verse 3. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. So he called together all the experts of religion and he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. And they knew it was in Bethlehem, for this is what the prophet Micah has written. But you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. See, despite all of Herod's evil intentions, he still uses God's word as a map by which they would find their destination. And here's my point. Herod may have been really clever, but no, man, no plan of humanity is going to thwart the plans and promises of God. His word never returns void. And if Herod wanted to maintain this dishonest power, he made the biggest mistake of his life because he just gave them the power of God's word. Romans chapter 1 says it like this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God for all who believe. The star only brought these men to Jerusalem. It was God's word that brought them then to Christ. And here's the nuance I want to be sure we catch. Did you notice how all the scribes and the Pharisees and the religious leaders, did you notice how they knew enough about this prophecy to tell Herod where to find the Christ child? And yet not one of them went to look for him themselves. They either didn't believe it or they didn't care enough to go and live God's word out. No, it's the outsiders. 
It's, it's the Gentiles, it's the non-believers from the East. And in hearing the word of God, even from a man with a foul agenda, the wise men find themselves in Bethlehem. Look at how Martin Luther explained this all the way back in 1543. Look at this up on your screens. He said, a simple layman armed with scriptures to be believed above a pope or a cardinal without it. Anybody remember the famous story of the USS Jeanette? Look at this picture up on the screens here. Back in 1879, the ship had planned on sailing through the Arctic Ocean, but it ended up landlocked by ice. The history books were supposed to tell this story of exploration and adventure, but instead we now know Jeanette as a complete disaster. The Christian philosopher James K.A. Smith, he once pointed out how this entire expedition was a failure from the beginning. And here's why. They relied on one man's drawing of what he thought the North Pole would be. No one had ever explored it before, and this map suggested that there was a thermometric gateway through the ice that would take the sailors to this promised open, mild polar sea that would await them at the top. Turns out no such thing existed. And here's the moral of the story. Um, This influencer culture where everyone's an expert and images everything and truth is relative. It wants to sell you a world that doesn't exist. We're given a map by those with the most followers that may or may not even know what a good life actually looks like. They bring us all the easy answers with the the, the easy way. And yet so often it's that very map that leads us now landlocked with side agendas and confusion as we get caught against the life that Christ has for us. In seeking Christ, be careful who you choose as your guide. In seeking him, look first to the counsel of the scriptures, and here's what that looks like. Let me get really practical and land the plane. Let's end with this. In your pursuit of Jesus, go home another way. In your pursuit of Jesus, go home another way. Look at this in verse 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Going into the house, they found Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. They opened up their treasures, gave him all three gifts. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. You know, I think in our searching for Jesus, we we often forget that it was God leading us the entire time, right? All along the broken pathway that has been our life, it was God's faithfulness and grace and goodness that brought us back to him. And I love this part of the Christmas story because we're told when the wise men finally found the Christ child, they rejoiced exceedingly. Let me give a more direct approach from the Greek. They were drunk with joy overwhelmed in this encounter. And here's what an encounter with the risen Lord does. Here's the important part. The path that we walked before we believed should not be the path that we walk on our way home. In our worship of Christ, we're called to turn from the ways of this world and the ways of King Herod and to take a different path home entirely. And I don't know about you, but as I look over 2020, It seems to me that this has been the year of dueling world paths. It's been the year of taking sides and fighting your own cause, right? You go your way, I'll go mine. It was the year that we discovered things about each other that we probably never wanted to know, frankly. 
But when we find Christ, we find that it's ours not to take option A or option B. It's ours to find the third way. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. You know, had the wise men followed their footsteps back home, had they have returned the way that they came, they would have walked right into Herod's path of death and destruction. That's what Herod was hoping for. By God's intervention, they choose a third way home. Let me close with this. Um, If you felt a bit off your game this year, if you felt a bit scattered, if you've been searching Google for all the answers, and I know many of us have, if you found yourself a bit lost in who or what to fall and all the changes of the world around us, here's what Christmas tells us. For those in Christ, God is still with you. In fact, by the Holy Spirit, he still dwells within us when we gather together and discern with one another. And here's what it looks like to seek him. Choose your guide carefully. And seeking him before jumping to what's popular, check what's being told to you by God's word. And as you look at a world that is clearly still searching, be the example that others will follow by taking a different path home. Let me ask that God helps us to hear what he would like for us to hear this morning. Let's pray. God, we pray, Lord, just a few weeks here from Christmas, that you would help us to take what we've often turned into a cartoon storybook and make it real again. Lord, would you help us to focus and not lose sight of the fact that you are with us that the promise of the manger was confirmed in the promise of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Lord, would you give us wisdom and insight as to what it looks like to follow you? God, we have spent the year lamenting the many challenges that we've struggled with, and, and yet, Lord, maybe we should rejoice because you're doing something new. Lord, and when millions turn to a Bible app and begin to read it for themselves, God, we rejoice in that. Lord, we we confess we too are often searching. God, but we want to be the person that others come to so that we can lead them to you. So God, we pray, Lord, in our searching, help us. Help us to find you. God, help us to take a different way that the world would see you in us. We praise you for your word to us, God, and all God's people said, amen, amen.